Welcome to episode 378 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me wearing his signature scary hat. He almost did a spit take right before this. I don't know why. We'll get into it right now. It's Russell John, the Fisher Man. It's not a spit take. I, uh, you almost did a spit take, brother. No, I. what happened was I started pouring the liquid out of the can before it got to my mouth. So it just, I just missed. Also, hello, everybody. Boo, Turtle. it's, it's a ghost season. It's Halloween, and I'm excited to talk horror movies. I do have the soundboard back today um, because we, me and Clark were prepared to wing this episode without Randy and Oksana, but one of them's here. That's right. Oksana's out. Her water broke. We wish her well. Uh, nothing great. Randy <laughs> is here. Randy from Atlanta. That's me. What's up? We're doing a nightcast. Ooh, talking about the nightcast, baby, this evening. Randy, you're just back from Boston, Massachusetts. How was it? I did that so fast, you, people were going to think it's an edit point. It's not. I'm just talented. <laughs> Things are good. I got back uh, early this morning. Uh, my flight was at like 7, so I landed at like 9.45. And then I worked from home, and then, uh, yeah, now we're here. How was the coffee at Logan International? Uh, it was decent. They had a uh, place that serves Equator coffee, which is they also serve in uh, SFO. Pretty good coffee. So I also drank that coffee and then fell asleep on the plane directly afterwards. You fe- you drank the coffee and then fell asleep. Oh yeah. You don't do that, Russell. The man has no uh, appreciation for. I do that. I would do that. Yeah, I mean, I would do that. I too. could do it. Just- coffee doesn't keep me away. I, I just, I have a little bit in the morning, that's it. And then, you know, I'm, well, I'm a soda man. <laughs> you know that. It's, I can't help but laugh at the contrast of energy right now. I feel like you're more alive than in the morning. I feel great. Yeah. I don't, what the fuck is that? Don't worry about it. That's because you're not working, huh? You're just living the high life. No pun intended. That's a very good joke. I know. <laughs> and also very accurate. Um, no, I have been a sack of nothing. <laughs> what is, is that bad? I've been an empty sack. Then why? <laughs> That's what I've been. So a lot of masturbation. And I just farted. Not as much as you think, to be honest. Now, with a regular human being, it's still probably a copious amount. But in the Clark world, with the Clark Matrix, not as bad as you think. Mm. You're, You're not motivated. I'm doing okay. You're not doing no nut October? <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, people on? moved it, it is up, now. bro. I know. No, I've already nutted in October. <laughs> <laughs> the, the poor maiden October. That's right. All right. Nut, I uh, nutted right on her chin. I think my, my stalling can come to an end now as I've gotten all the movies I'm ready to talk about. Well, that's a lot. We had a busy week this week. Well, I didn't have a busy week. As uh, Russell uh, told it, I, uh, I'm out on my ass. So I'm just that. So it was a perfect opportunity for me to spend $200 on an online film <laughs> festival, which I have watched very few of the films. So I'm not feeling great about that. But what can you do? Yeah. Why is that? Why didn't you watch more of it? Can I be honest with you? The selection has not enraptured me. You, uh, that's the problem, man. That's why we did the live stream with 24 hour. Because who knows what the poster looks like? This is very true. Yeah. I know. Don't make me pick. 
You serve I me. I, I you didn't understand? Help. I didn't help at all. You know, that's what that's what I want, Randy. I want a prefixed menu. Okay. I want a nice evening out. I trust <laughs> the people that are curating this experience for me. I don't want to do an a la carte. If I wanted to go to McDonald's, that's what I would do. But I don't pay $200 for McDonald's, do I? No, I pay $200 for a goddamn prefixed dinner. So you serve it to me. Randy, your thoughts? I would think it was more like a buffet because you pay like 200 bucks and you could just watch whatever. You know, I, I would think I you would like buffets. <laughs> you go. I'm upset that McDonald's hasn't brought the salad back. What the fuck is that a normal thing or, is or it the just pizza? The, point? the McShaker, the uh, you know how they used to have like you could do like grilled chicken on. Let me tell you something. They have nice salad. Yeah, a ton of calories too because it's all packed into that. Well, it, had the, it had the corn. Yeah, it was good. It was a nice salad, and they it's it did gone. not. It was a. It, let me tell you something. Also, also, I just realized how often I say that, but I I feel like I don't say it outside of this show. Is that true, or do it I say it be. all the time? You're probably stalling for good ideas to come to you. Let me tell you something. Is that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not a lot of lettuce in that bad boy. Weird. I feel like you could pat it out. Yeah. Not like the tiny tacos at Taco nice... Bell. Or that's Jack in the Box. Huh? You know who had a nice salad back in the day? Talking 15 years ago. No idea. Sonic Drive-In. Yeah, don't go there. Too yeah, far away. They would have a chicken breast patty. Well, at one time, maybe there was a chicken involved. And then they uh, they cut it, put a piece of cheese on it, and it was melted. And they put it on a bed of shredded lettuce <laughs> and a couple of halved grape tomatoes and some salad dressing. And I'd eat that every day at 1030 in the morning because that was my break when I was building a house in the summer of 2000. And six. Well, every time we would come back from Comic Con, we would go to Gilroy, where the only Sonic was. And every time I felt bad that these girls were wearing skates. Also, it smelled like a garbage fire because of all the garlic in Gilroy. So I've never had a good experience there. I love Gilroy. It 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 reeks over there. I love garlic. It was a processing plant. Yeah, it's fucking gross. I don't like it. Smells like armpits or like literal garbage. Processed garlic. I don't even know what's happening. Why would that think? I don't. I, I don't know. You crush. It I don't low. think it's the garlic down there, dude. Oh, what do you think it is? Other stuff. The locals. <laughs> there's in 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 Byron, Mississippi. There's some sort of plant. I don't really. I've heard it was a dog food food plant. <laughs> and then I heard it had something literally to do with poop. I don't know. Um. But Byron, Mississippi stinks. Okay. So much so that you will see bumper stickers talking about how Byron stinks. And uh, anytime, and it's a, it's the suburb right south of the state capitol. Just welcoming you, you in. To you the, okay? <laughs> to the new welcoming, welcoming, welcoming. The new murder capital. Actually, no, we lost that. Uh, new Orleans is the new murder yeah. capital of the United States. Yeah. Thank you, William Spataro, who called me yesterday while a uh, strange man was walking up and down the stairs to his front door and then sat in a car outside of his house for over two hours doing nothing. Um, yeah, and then he was like, yeah, you know, we're back. We're the murder capital. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, all right, Bill. Also, hey, shout out. I almost forgot. Um, a friend of the show, he's practically family, William Spataro. He's got a short out on Hulu Ween, 
It's the bite-sized. God, isn't that a terrible Halloween. name? It's called like bite-sized horror. I think. Um, so if you go on there, it's a. It's structured like a TV show. They're all shorts. In season three, like episode eleven, I think uh, the short is called Angels. He did the special effects on that one. Fantastic. Right. Um, the cinematographer, fantastic. Director said he was a great guy. Uh, production never paid him. <laughs> so here's the thing: you got to root for him, but don't root too hard. Tell him to give Bill his money. Pay that man. Yeah, but bite-sized horror. I think on Halloween, which makes me cringe every time I say it. You know what it makes me? It makes me hungry. I want Snickers now. Yeah, I don't. Bite-sized candy makes me mad, not hungry. No, man, it's like little niblets. No, it's not enough. It's a no, tea. it's little. It's little energy nuggets. Okay, <laughs> that's what I call. Rebrand them, dude. Yeah, Hulu energy nuggets. That's right. All right, this is gonna be a gauntlet. Are we? Are we ready to jump in here, bro? I don't know if you're ready. Uh. What order do we want to go into? None yet, because, of course, Randy was off watching the Mars Volta in Boston. Hell yeah. So, uh, Randy uh, gave me and Clark a verbal lashing today when we both assumed Randy wouldn't be joining us. And he's like, well, there's a fucking calendar. And I said I would be back. So, Randy, um, again, the show wouldn't work without you. I don't know why you're intimidated by Randy so much. He gets scary when he's mad. Randy, he does. You are. You do scare. Have you ever seen Mark Zuckerberg get mad? It's the same thing. Can he? It's like they already didn't have a soul behind no, their. People. No, I'm not Eduardo <laughs> Savran, dude. I'm not Tyler Andor Cameron Winkle Voss. Now here's the thing. We didn't think you'd be here, Randy. I watched that movie. So we flew David back out here. So uh, the best director, the definitive version of Doom, the. Uh, Easter classic director of Inland Empire, uh, David Lynch, everybody. Good morning. It's October 3, 2022, and it's a Monday. Today, I was thinking about the song Wake Up Little Susie by the Everly Brothers from the year 1957. Everyone, <laughs> have a great day. Good morning. Oh, you, y'all. It's October Wait, Randy, 3, you gotta cut that. 2022, and it's a Monday. Today. I can't even I stop it. <laughs> David, stop talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so happy that, uh, wait, David, get out of here. I'm so happy that you forgot what he's like on the weekday. I know. He's totally so forgot. much shorter. So much. He just talks about a song he heard in his life at some point. Wake up, little Susie. Yeah. Fridays are the best, like... though. What's that again? Fridays are the best, though, when he announces it's Friday and then shakes his computer laptop screen. Yeah. Oh. I don't... Here's the thing, Randy. Have we ever recorded on a Friday? No, but he does it for his own YouTube thing. It's very... it's Nobody watches that. Everybody tunes in for him here. <laughs> but on Friday... Yeah, he goes, it's Friday, and shakes his, his video camera. I've almost, uh, you know, if he ever called in sick, I had thought about just editing that in to spice it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. But he's never going to not. He's, he's always going to show up. Um, also, okay, so in October, me and Clark, we did talk about wanting to do October surprises and have fun, a trick-or-treat bag. You, you come to our show and ring the doorbell, and we greet you with a gift. 
And uh, yeah, we didn't do it. <laughs> but uh, somebody else is picking up our slack. Uh, are you ready? Are you are you fucking cued in? Talk- mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. The TBR report. Brought to you by Perry Hart. <laughs> hey, y'all. Sorry for the delay. In the last TBR episode, you totally called it. Because I'm currently in production working on a new movie, one in which incorporates American folk horror, as well as found footage hybrid. But more to come on that later. Because for now, I'd like to recommend a 1994 short film directed by George A. Romero called Jacaranda Joe, initially conceived in the 1970s as The Footage, which is essentially a faux reality TV show about a famous athlete learning to hunt. But over the course of filming, he and his TV crew accidentally discover a community of Bigfoot. Filmed at Valencia College in Florida over 10 days, it had a cast and crew of students, faculty, and local industry professionals. It was aired for the first time over Zoom April 12th, 2022. Having heard about this one through the grapevines, I've been endlessly searching for a way to locate this movie, which until most recently, I've finally been able to track it down via the website archive.org. So if you found yourself looking around for any kind of rare and or lost sound footage films, Jacaranda Joe might just be the perfect choice to put on. And to be honest, I wasn't entirely the biggest fan of Romero's zombie film footage flick Diary of the Dead. However, this indie short, if truly conceived in the 1970s, might actually be considered the very first found footage film to undergo development. So definitely definitely worth the checkout in my opinion. Cheers. Let me know what you think. Love y'all. Thomas Burke. P.S. To answer your question from the last TBR segment, I only watch films at 1.5 speed whenever I can't find the English subtitles for them. LOL. Otherwise, we ride that coast at the normal 1.0 speed. Not very swift, but still quite agile. P.S.S. Turner Clay keeps hinting on the next Blackwell Ghost release. So can't wait to watch it with you guys and dive further into the mystery. Over and out, Thomas Burke, TBR Incorporated. Two attachments, scanned by Gmail. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to read those. Um, dude, so Thomas has resurfaced. You know, originally with the TBR report, which, uh, you know, I don't think we ever take it into consideration that new people might listen to this show. So for anybody tuning in now, the TBR report is where I tap in our found footage adventurer, Thomas Burke, who is... Uh, Maybe one of the most important people out there trying to bring found footage filmmakers together and create like a culture. And uh, he digs up weird shit that he thinks people need to talk about. And, you know, we do the heavy lifting on this end. This week, dude, I don't. He found a fucking student film from George Romero in the 70s. And his breakdown is great. The thing I want to emphasize is imagine if Jerry Springer. This is this is the short film, by the way. If Jerry Springer opened up and said, hey, today we're going extra long. Uh, 2020 follows us, as it always did in morning television. But we're going to we're going to preempt their their show. We're going to run through it because we have something so important today that we have to cover. And basically, he's got a panel of guests up there that are kind of debating about hunting and if it's ethical. Jacaranda Joe. No. So what happens is he starts talking about a reality show 
And I think you'd be into this, Clark. A reality show does not exist in 1979. Well, I guess he invented that too, because he's talking about a hunting show where they take professional athletes out one at a time to go hunting in the woods. I'm down. So I think there's like a basketball player on the panel. Sure. And he's like, he's just this big black dude amongst a bunch of, there's a Native American guy who's arguing that it is uh, culturally acceptable for him to have killed a panther, which he did. He's indigenous. Okay. We don't say Native <laughs> American anymore. Sorry. Uh, Randy, cut that out for me, please. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like, what are we doing? And then the host who, you know, they turn the camera on him and he's standing in front of his crowd because he's a man of the people. It's very Jerry Springer. Like he's weaving in and out. He talks. Does he have a Steve? No, there's no Steve because they're serious. <laughs> Pass. No, no, but that's the whole thing. The tone is very like, we're preempting the real news. But, okay. But see, okay. You keep saying real. Why is it Jerry Springer though? That's what he normally does. Yeah, uh, no, just because he's the only guy that I could really remember. Uh, maybe Ricky Lake, any of these kind of talk show people. Ricky Lake had a person get killed on her show no you're you're losing it here they're Just, walking through weaving through the crowd and they're like who knows about jacarunda joe and this is a local urban legend that's a good name it is a good name especially when you're just talking about bigfoot let me tell you something trader joe's should be jacaranda joe's dude jacaranda joe no and question the thing is randy mcdonald he keeps talking about you know, we were taking this seriously and what we're about to show you, uh, be prepared because it's not edited for TV. He's like, the lighting isn't great. There's a lot of visuals that drop and in no situation would anything ever hit cable like this, but it's important we show you the raw footage. And it's like some hunters walking around the woods and I guess they bump into Bigfoot. But dude, for 1970, this shit is like next level. Honestly, so Tom in the email mentioned that this aired over a Zoom for the first time this year. Like, I don't know who or did he? Maybe he left that out. No, it was aired over Zoom. What for is the first this recent time. trend of uh, digging up old Romero movies? I don't know. But, dude, this one's pretty good. And, you know, in the show, they talk about how they're going to go past the hour long format. But it's only a short film. It's 15 minutes long. And um, if Oksana was here, I would ask her to uh, sign on this dotted line promising that she would make sure to tweet this thing out but uh he did send a link to archive.org how's it look you know here's the thing i was having a lot of trouble streaming it it kept stuttering and it was like the images were like lagging behind the audio and i i just assumed oh it's because it's old but it got to a point to where it was kind of unbearable so i got up and i went to the um settings and it actually it was on like 480p but yeah. I turned it up to 720. It started working fine. Ah. Randy, why is that? Why would I turn the quality up and then it would play better? I don't know. I was about to say that doesn't make any sense. But um, I think you could also download off of archive.org too. So oh, you could shit. always download it and watch it that way. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to go back and try and download it. Definitely worthwhile. And it, it really nails the format. So I don't know. This is a, this is a fucking good discovery. Thomas, I don't know how you did it, man, but uh, kudos, dude. This one was important. Um, we should definitely watch it, Clark. It's little commitment. Jacaranda Joe. All right. And I think that's it. Also, um, I don't know if we're going to bring the TBR every week. I think it should be more for like special things like this or when Tom gets bored and wants to check in. Also, I'd, uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't mention the Turner Clay shit. Now that you're unemployed, Clark, 
Your job is to stay on Facebook and you got to keep up with Turner Clay. Pass. What the fuck? You could be in the ARG. You might be a part of the new movie. I don't know. Jason. <laughs> I ain't got time for no ARGs. I'm not here grind. All right. On that note. This concludes the TVR report. This concludes the TVR report. And before we get into film talk, I just, I have to tell you, mm-hmm. every time at work, when it's too hot, because it's still 80 degrees in that goddamn warehouse, when people are grumpy or bitchy, or I'm yawning and I'm out of coffee, I just imagine you here hitting your vape with your feet up, playing Madden while lurking on Facebook, and I get infuriated. So fuck you, dude. I know you do. I was like, that piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Trick. And I'm like, the worst part is, you're probably miserable. Also confirmed. I'm like, if that little fuck was having fun, like just fucking around doing like work stuff, it'd be, I'd be like, okay, cool. But no, I know you're doing eight things that most people would consider relaxation. And you, you're a pit, you're a fucking black hole in your core, just imploding. And I get so mad. I love you too, dude. <laughs> also, I promise we could build that table tonight if you want to. You've been, Randy, listen to this. Two weeks ago, to, I, close to two weeks ago, I got a, I got a computer table. Uh-huh. And Russell's like, dude, dude, I want to build it. Oh, let me build it for you. Oh, that okay. was two weeks ago. <laughs> no, I, again, Clark had his, his door cracked open and he had his feet up and he was playing Madden. He's fucking around listening to a podcast. And I'm like, oh, dude, what's that? Because you had two giant boxes on your floor. It's like my fucking table. I don't want to build it. I said, dude, I'm down to build it. You were talking about paying somebody to build it for you. I was, you, because you oh. were like, oh, I was like, oh, I want to build. I want to build. I was like, dude, I'll pay you to build it. I'll no, we can do it. We can do that after. Uh, that says uh, 30 minutes. Okay. Actually, I had no idea. I just wanted to set expectation. <laughs> Randy, did, did the only thing you see was the one? Pretty much, yeah. I did okay. watch a movie. I, to, I watched one tonight, but it's an old movie that uh, has been seen by many people. I watched, which was? I watched Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark. It's on a Criterion channel for oh, the cool. uh, month of October. Ooh, Halloween, dude. Yeah, I, I haven't watched any uh, horror movies yet in the uh, first two days of October. I did, however, fall asleep watching Hocus Pocus 2 with my brother-in-law. Holy shit. <laughs> Mall in uh, Massachusetts. Dude, I wish we had some like Halloween shit. I'd, I I have a thing on the soundboard called Spooky. Oh, Randy's got one. Yeah, that's Randy, Randy, do it again. Room 343. <laughs> nice. That's good. Dueling boards. I got this one too. This isn't uh, Halloween related, but. We should smoke weed. Okay. <laughs> Confirm. Dude, I don't know. I, it's lame. I'm weed guy now. I know. I need sad. to be. When, dude, just wait till new Clark comes and it's meth Clark, dude. Oh, fuck. Meth Clark's <laughs> going to be so much fun. Wait, hold on. I want to hear Randy's breakdown. Catherine Bigelow, did you like it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know. It's it's very 80s. There's a lot of like 80s metal stuff in it that I, I don't really care for that. That genre Wait, of music. Wait, in your head, dude. 80s metal stuff. Yeah, what, what the fuck does that, that mean? What movie did you watch? 
There's some 80s metal tunes in it, but there's also a, a Tangerine Dream score, which is good. I don't know. There's a there's elements of it that I like. There's like scenes that are a little like quieter and kind of feel like a uh, a gothic Terrence Malick Badlands or something. Hey, hey Randy. Hey, Fuck Randy. Yeah. Do you know who did the score for uh, William Friedkin's uh, Sorcerer? Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream. No, Randy, I got one beef with Near Dark. There's a lot of shit that I fucking love in that movie. Yeah. The vampires, fantastic. I love the the band of roving vampires. Paxton. There's the bar scene, which is yeah. one of the best. Dude, if you're a horror fan, you're looking for that kind of carnage, and you never get it. And, dude, Paxton is so good, particularly in that moment. R.I.P. Also, shout out to Joe Lynch, who pulled off a fantastic costume of being Bill Paxton in that moment. Oh, nice. um, good job on him but the, the one thing i hate which spoiler randy said this is like a 40 year old movie now the fucking blood transfusion in the end of that makes absolutely no goddamn sense yeah and it still bothers it's one of the worst narrative <laughs> like hey let's tie this together and you won't be a vampire if you have a full blood transfusion that no seems legit to me dude <laughs> <laughs> i don't know seems good to me fucking hate it well, people, the rich are doing this. So yeah, the, the full body. Yeah. Trans- yeah. It's one of Elon's uh, pet peeves now. I bet it feels good. Okay. I could, I could <laughs> use that new blood, trans- dude. Have you ever seen Near Dark? No. Really? No. You would like it. I know. It's a sunglasses what? at night movie. Which I'm doing. True. Right now. You'd f- dude, Halloween. That's part, all you. Part Western, part vampire. Yeah, you would dig it. I know I would, but that's why I don't do it because I like edging myself. I t- I t- <laughs> Until you said edging, I was in. And then you said that, I'm like, oh, maybe I should back away. But um, yeah, today it's going to be a fucking shit show. No, nah, dude, uh, this show's going to end in 20 minutes. All I'm right. going to fucking power through this bullshit. So how do we want to do it? I don't know. We got a lot of movies we shared that we've watched. Yeah. Again, by a lot of movies and shared, I mean me and you. Because Randy's only seen the monsters. So should I knock out the Alamo stuff then? Um, okay, yeah, because I could jump in there with you. Yeah. All right. So, as previously mentioned, I bought a pass to Fantastic Fest 2022 Fantastic Fest at home. Now, before I go into the films, I've got a few thoughts about this festival. Number one, again, agreed. Let me do the thing. It didn't feel this. I did the pass uh, because I wanted to feel like I was doing something. I never <laughs> felt like I was doing something. Yeah. I didn't feel engaged in this at all. Um, I don't know. It, and also the films. Eh, yeah, you know, we'll get into it. But a lot of stuff didn't catch my eye. But again, you know, set me on a journey here. And it's just hard to get a grasp of, of what you're walking into here, and um, which I understand is part of the fun, but um, let's get into it. So uh, the first film I watched was a film that I had been uh, holding out for for a while, um, and we may talk about this uh, film in the near future, hopefully. Cross your fingies and hope to die as I talk about... <laughs> Country Gold Rand- with director Mickey Reese. Oh, hold up, Randy. When he says spooky shit like that, you gotta hit the cue, man. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> Randy, step up your shit, bro. 
Country Gold Mickey Reese. Now, Russell, Mickey Reese is a name that you should know. Uh, we've talked about a couple of his films. One film that we've been we've been teasing on the show for a year that we were going to watch it. Uh, Agnes. Um, and then we uh, Night of the Hunter. Is that? Uh, no. That's very famous. <laughs> I was waiting Cli- for Randy to jump in Climate there. of the Vampire. What, what was the name? Climate <laughs> of the Hunter. Climate of the Hunter. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get there. Yeah. Uh, this is completely different than those films. Um, as as we all know, you two gentlemen have known me for, for close to a decade now. Um, as you know, I, I do submit myself to comedic hyperbole in order to tell a better tale. Um, so in lieu of the, in by virtue of that, rather, um, this is my favorite film of all time. <laughs> Uh, dude, I loved it. It's so good. Uh, Mickey Reese plays essentially a version of Garth Brooks and he gets a letter from George Jones who saw him on the TV show saying very nice things about him. George Jones is a country, uh, cult leader, a country superstar legend. And this was all a fictional tale that, um, George Jones decided to invite Mickey Reese to Nashville the night before George is to be cryogenically frozen. Okay. <laughs> and so it was a night of, of partying before George Jones is, is frozen for a hundred years so he could live long. Um, which is all a fictional tale. <laughs> it's so funny. Just imagine, um, you know, like a, a, a sort of Danny McBride, Jody Hills sort of vibe here. That's what you're getting. And that's sort of the energy that Mickey Reese is bringing here with his character of, I have to pull it up because it's a terrible name. Troyal. Troyal. Troyal is his name. Yeah. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Troyal. Terrible in a good way or a bad way? It's just ridiculous. I love it. Uh, And most of the reviews were uh, all said the same thing where I can't wait for the Chris Gates movie. Or why I, wasn't this to Chris? Gaines? I was waiting for the right opportunity to throw in a Chris Gaines joke. Also, if we say Chris Gaines, Randy, it's spooky drop. That's not spooky. That's lame. It's a goth. Oh my god! Uh, country gold. <laughs> country gold is not horror. Um, it's comedy and also listed as fantasy. Um, just because you know it's got some fantastical elements there, but uh, it's I loved it. Uh, could not love this more. Um, hilarious. Uh, check out Country Gold. Second movie I saw, again, not horror. Wait, hold on, hold on. There was a funny thing that happened that I felt bad about for a half a day. I believe I came home from work and I jumped right into doing art for like a Blu-ray Tuesday thumbnail. And you came in and you're like, hey man, what's up? I watched Country Gold. I loved it. And I said, good for you. (laughs) And then you went, okay. (laughs) You left the room. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, you're in one of your pissy moods. I'm not fucking dealing with you right now. I didn't mean it that way. And it came and I went, oh, shit. I was like, I'm not taking, I'm not- your, I'm not taking your fucking bait right now, man. Or I said, I'm happy for you or something. I don't yeah, know. It was, so, yeah, I was, it went in one ear. I was like, all right. I, I apologize. I, I was it. mostly trying to make a, a, a joke about a movie called Country Gold being so not up my alley. Because I had no context. I didn't know it was Mickey Reese. And uh, I've been talking about we've been talking about this movie for at least six years. You've been going, oh man, country gold. I'm gonna watch it. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a boring documentary about we're Chris trying Gaines. to get Mickey Reese on the show for a month. Oh my god, no, Randy, we haven't. Leave that in. 
We haven't. The second movie. Yes, we have. You, you, you say don't we. know shit. Are you French? What the I'm fuck working you behind we? the scenes. Oh, okay. I quit my job to put all my That's time into right. the show. <laughs> Chop and steal. After pre- oh god, I'm not reading this whole what thing. All right, it's it's two guys. It's the two guys who uh, created steel. Yeah, it's the two guys that created the found footage festival, um, which is completely different than the unnamed footage festival. <laughs> uh, the found footage festival. These two guys they they just collect collect VHS tapes and like instructional videos from the 80s and just weird stuff like that. Um, another movie. Uh, spawned out of that. More to come on that. Um, I'm basically just covering all the movies that I saw without Russell Rexon. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, it's just uh, you know following them on the road as they're doing their tour, and essentially how they have grown up together and always doing these pranks and doing uh, you know their their routine sort of things. And they really hit big by doing this comedy thing called uh, this comedy duo they had called Chop and Steal where they played, uh, you know, uh, bodybuilders and they're clearly not bodybuilders and they do ridiculous things. And they got sued by a local Fox station who said that they were sold a bill of false goods, uh, you know, under false pretenses because they were not in fact bodybuilders Mm -hmm. and they felt duped. Um, but that lawsuit did them good because they got a lot of good press out of it. Um, and then they were invited to go on America's Got Talent. Oh, now one was completely against it. And the other was like, we should do it. (laughs) And they, and they did it. Now here's the thing with the documentary, the documentary covered when they released the episode that showed them watching the episode, they were in it for half a second. It just showed a clip of them. It was like a blip. And that was it because of what they did when they were filmed. They were like, because their whole thing as much, um, wait, what is this called? Chop and Steel, okay, because that, that was that was the name of their duo. Um, this is a good cue up for Thursday's episode, as I'm going to talk a little bit about the art of subversion. <laughs> Thank you, because this is what you know they do. This is their whole thing, right? Subversions, you know, they, they look, they're little, they're, they're tricksters. Okay, you understand? They're tricksters, and what they decided to do, Randy Michael. Uh, after their stunt on America's Got Talent while they were being judged, they both urinated in their pants. <laughs> and everyone freaked out. <laughs> and the one thing they were, and he was like, they had they had been drinking water all day long. They had hold, held in their piss, and it was real piss. Yeah. And someone asked them, she was like, as soon as they got off the stage, one of the producers went up, I need to know right now, is that urine? And he was like, no, nah, man, it's not. And he lied to him. He's like, we had drank so much water. There was no, he was like, it was straight water. But he was like, I did not account that someone was going to have to clean up my pee. I feel really bad about oh, that. Oh, come on. I would feel bad about that. I don't yeah. Clean up my pee. They're probably getting paid a lot. But probably a what it did do was create a giant fan out of Howie Mandel for them. And so Howie Mandel speaks at the end of the documentary. Dude, brought a tear to my eye. (laughs) It was great. I, I, it was, it was, it was really, really good. Really, really sweet. Uh, chop and steel highly, highly recommend. Now I want to queue up another film 
that involves uh, the Found Footage Festival as a film that they do. On, and they also have a podcast, VCR Reviews or something. I, I want to get into them. Um, I, I like those guys. Which I, I had very, Randy, did you, were you aware of the Found Footage Festival at all? This was sort of a blind spot for me, to be honest. Just barely. Like I, I had heard of it, but I've never really like looked into it. I like these guys. I sign off on these guys. I'm down. Um, I know of them because marketing for the past five years has always been a nightmare when a, our search engine for sure shares the yeah hits. yeah but but in yeah. terms of like diving into what they do and everything and like the personalities yeah, yeah these well, guys are great also anytime we would do like an intro at the Alamo or like talk or like just be around a bunch of nerds there's always that one nerd who's like an angry horror fan who fucking hates found footage horror. And they will come up and they will they'll try and debate me about the uh, coining found footage horror as like a thing. And it's like it's we already have a found footage. So uh, thank you to all those dudes too. love that conversation. Word. <laughs> um, a film that. Caught me by surprise, um, which I think is the whole purpose of everything here. Are you um, loading? <laughs> Yeah, because I had to pull it up. Okay. It's called A Life on the Farm. Um, an often macabre deep dive into the inspiring legacy of the long-lost home movies of a filmmaking farmer's life in rural England. This is one of... I had so much joy watching this. Um, there's this strange guy in England. He's lived on this farm the majority of his life. His mother and father were there. His weird recluse brother's also there. Very kind man. Um, very peculiar. Little eccentric. Um, he would make, he made a home movie. Um, also, he would make essentially, um, you know, picture books. Uh, he took a lot of pictures. Pretty good photographer. Take a lot of pictures of people and would write caption bubbles and put little caption bubbles over these pictures. And uh, would all, as a part of the video, would just explain the pictures. I, oh, there she is. There's Carol uh, Morgan, my mother. Just, yeah, everyone, first name, last name, and then obviously would be his mother, father, yeah. or his wife. Uh, and um, and there, we, there you are. And just explaining how his mother died. He took he took pictures of his mother when after she died in her wheelchair, wheeled her around the farm, taking pictures with the cows. There she is, mother. She's recently passed. All oh, very sad. There she is <laughs> with the cows. Wanted to give mother her last goodbye with the cows. There she is. Goodbye, mother. We loved you very much. And that's the that's the movie. And so these found footage guys, they found this movie. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then it sort of caught this underground cult status. And then someone uploaded it to YouTube and all hell broke loose. And so people wanted to know more about the guy behind the story. And, and that's what this documentary is uh, going into that. Uh, A Life on the Farm. Fantastic. What the hell? Okay. When I think of a farmer, I think of a uh, quirky American accent, right? Sure. What the fuck is it like in England? Their version of that. Here's the thing. I, I don't have a great grasp of the dialect, all the dialects of England. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I will ever have that in my life. I don't see why that would be useful to me. <laughs> I, it just interests me because, you know, I think American accents are, are fantastic. And, and 
I certainly have more of an ear for American accents, yeah. as we all do. Um, and I think the same thing, obviously, is for England. That's why you know most of our English guests, I want to talk about those things because I I do have a general curiosity. So as far as the affectations go, I don't know. Um, it, it's all just you know talking funny. To They're me. not like, hey y'all. It's all melodious, but in in terms of you know the pitch and the cadence, uh-huh. and also you know with Britain, you know it, it's a huge class warfare still. <laughs> really? Yeah, dude. All right. I'd expect you to know this shit because in our uh, show description, it says that you have BritBox, which I don't think has been true for two years now. Nope. Re-up <laughs> my subscription. Oh, you're back. Okay, good. I'm back because I watched all of the newest season of Inside Number 9. Oh, nice. Can I tell you? Best season they've done. A uh, Halloween episode? No. No horror? It's all horror. Okay. Dude, it's good. There ain't a fucking jack-o'-lantern in one of them? <laughs> Nobody's wearing a costume? No Halloweens. Oh, my God. I don't think. <laughs> it's good. I'll show you something. Um, okay. Those, yep, didn't get to see that one. Didn't no, get to see just, that just one. Just to be uh, clear, I, I keep throwing out words like Halloween and stuff, seeing if I could catch Randy on anything and get that, that great drop. And I feel like I'm being held hostage by, <laughs> by his soundboard. I'm, I'm like, doing Googling at the same time, so I got like two oh, different screens going on. All right. Uh, very quickly this morning, I watched a mixtape, as they call it, uh, from our friends over at the American Genre Film Archive, uh, the Stairway to Stardom mixtape. Russell, what Stairway to Stardom is, um, was a public access TV show, I believe, in New York. Um, time-wise, somewhere in the 1980s, I think, based upon the references that were happening within this show. And what this was was a one-hour and ten-minute cut of the best of the Stairway to Start a Mixtape, which is a public access uh, talent show um, or variety show. And uh, some of the acts there were uh, pretty entertaining. Um, Had a pretty good, had a pretty fun time. With uh, Stairway to Start a Mixtape. That's about it. <laughs> what a fucking tease. I mean, damn, I want to watch that. I know. Um, what a nightmare. Imagine you're on some shitty local access show. Wait a show. minute. Did it end today? Or did it? You're talking about the screening? Oh, we can. Uh, we have until 9 o'clock tomorrow. Okay. But dude, imagine your mom forces you to go dance in some like local access bullshit. And it's like, whatever, it's Russell, gone. There is there's one thing I, I, I don't even want to tell you. Oh, don't tell me. Something insane happens, well, and I, I mean, don't know if it was a bit. Dude, John Michael Thornton. I don't think to, it was a bit. He used to go on those shows and blow up fucking Alhambra, the big bottles, and like make them explode. A woman had a mental breakdown. <laughs> it's a bit. Don't, don't ruin don't this for it. me. Don't be I like don't a know, fucking... Dude. It's pretty good. Do not be a smile trailer right now. Um, it's also a little creepy. And that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm a little sorry. creepy. It's weird. All right. Feels like with Halloween, I expect to see him. I haven't heard from him in a long time, though. Very quickly. Now <laughs> we're, You can't ignore him. He was a part of our lives for a long time. Now we're going into territory where we all watch this. I even think Randy Michael saw this movie uh, a while ago. Look at his little eyes light up. His beady little black eyes. I may have. Right. Uh, the third <laughs> Saturday in October. Oh, uh, yeah. Part five? Or? Part five. Oh, okay. I saw them Randy, both. You saw them both? 
I did, yeah. I didn't care for either of them. Oh, my God. Randy? You didn't like it? Not really, no. Wait, so you watched one, didn't like it, and then rolled on into two? Uh, Yeah, what was that for Chattanooga, I think? Yeah, Chattanooga. I liked the idea because they played... They played the fifth one first, and then they played the first one afterwards. And I like the idea of that. I was like, this sounds cool. It's like, I'll give it a shot. But yeah, I don't know. It, it well, wasn't that's how me. they made it. They made the fifth one first, and then they created the second one because that was the reference of the fifth one. No, yeah. what happened was this was a very famous franchise that was lost, and the fifth one is the only one they could find. That's what I, essentially I just said. <laughs> no, but it's a found footage. It's the found footage, guys. They uncovered this one. All right. You're done. <laughs> We're bringing back code. Don't ruin the fantasy of the third Saturday in October. I want to watch this uh, Japanese movie about aliens. <laughs> Wait, you're not going to talk about it at all? Uh, third Saturday in October, I enjoyed it. Uh, I need to watch part two. Now, here's the thing. There are two movies in here where two different people said that these two movies were made for me. Uh-huh. One was Country Gold. One was the third Saturday in October. Uh, which combines football and uh, slashers. Mm-hmm. I had a great time with this. I thought the slasher was great. Uh, score was wonderful. Terrific, terrific You're music. You're talking about the game, the football game. The score was wonderful. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm bummed because I was excited to hear you talk about this. If I, if I knew Randy watched it, I would have been like, dude, there's no way in hell. Like, I maybe would have made a pitch that... um. Kansas Bowling, the star of this movie, she's pretty interesting. I've mentioned her on here before. She directed BC Butcher with Trauma, and she's appeared in... Uh, when she was like 17. She appeared in y'all's favorite fucking movie ever, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She actually made the poster art. And then she went on to be in a fucking cult classic, fantastic film that I got to see in the theater with the director, who is also a living legend that Randy worships, uh, Glenn Danzig. He was, she was in Veronica. And if you watched that movie and enjoyed it, you probably didn't enjoy the one that she's in, where Elizabeth Bathory tortures her naked body as she's in a pool of blood for what feels like 45 minutes. At uh, the beginning? At the very end. It's the third short. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I was pumped. I even The title was a red flag to me. Third Saturday in October. I hate those long, yes, jokey, so, self-aware. Well, it's a reference to the football rivalry between um, the University of Alabama and the University of Tennessee. So both of which can suck on my. <laughs> but now, when you saw the title, did that click right away? Well, yeah, but the the other thing is like, yes, it clicked, but it also didn't click because SEC goes in one ear out the other. Fuck the SEC. G5 for life, bitch. Okay. No, because here's the thing. No I, one gets that room. No. And that's why I was kind of like, this is kind of cool. It's like a slasher movie that wasn't I, made they, for they, me. I had a great time with it. I liked it too, which is why I'm, I'm kind of bummed. I'm like, dude, I wanted to hear you talk about I want to watch the other one too. Um, dude, no, I think they did the football stuff pretty well. They didn't, you know, play football, uh, which good job. Yeah. Good job there. It would have ruined it. Um, and it was all based upon the fan stuff. And I mean, obviously, you know, we see the football on TV. The fo- we see the football, <laughs> and it's clearly like a you know, it's like a it's, stolen game. It seemed like a Notre Dame game from the eighties. Yeah, it was right. Uh, that stadium seemed like Notre Dame. It was a bowl stadium. Could have been Ohio State. Didn't really get a good look at the shots, but I, if I looked at it again, 
Hey, Dan, I can tell you right now, I could, I could figure out what stadium that is. You got it. Yeah, it was weird. We were watching it, and I was, I was trying to engage Clark about the game plan. I'm like, wait, is, are these real teams? Like, is this fake? Like, I can't tell how they're using this footage right now. Also, Oksana pointed out, because she was in the back of the room editing a video, and our surround sound, those, those, the, the rear speakers, every now and then, because we're not watching shit that's like really mixed for it usually, when it is mixed for it, you hear shit in the back of the room that you just don't hear up front. And the announcers were talking about MK Ultra and shit. So I feel like there's even like, there's some rewatchability to it. Yeah. But just the aesthetic of like, it's a Halloween party. It's like, uh, we're below the poverty line here. Like nobody's got a lot of money. And they're hanging out to watch football. There's something about it that kind of encapsulated fall in a way that I'm not used to in my Halloween movies. I, I kind of like, I dug it a lot. Is this trauma? I don't know. I don't think so. Because uh, here's the thing. Trauma, I love you for Be what careful. you do. I love you for what you do. Um, you're like an indie breeding ground. You know, we got James Gunn from Trauma. Here's the thing. Your movies, I can't, I can't stomach them. They're too self-aware. The jokes are usually goofy. I, the writing's not normally there. This movie? Whoa, they filmed this in Alabama. Dude, it not only had good writing, pacing, it, it dealt with the slasher genre in a way that um, clearly somebody had seen too many parodies, and they're like, we can't do that. So I don't know. I, I thought this was a really intelligent movie. And again... The problem of these film fests, I would have never put this on. I would have never put it on just from the title. No. But because you were like, oh, we got to watch it. Who recommended it to you? Call him out. Robbie. Robbie Smith. Yeah. Uh, would you say never recommend a thing again or keep them coming? No, keep them coming. Robbie, Robbie knows me, bro. Who recommended Country Gold? Marbles. Oh, t- damn. And nailed that one, huh? She knows. All right. So Agnes, we got to watch that, who was also recommended to us by Tony. Tony Pelham, shout out to you. Look, we have such good company. If we were better people, we would listen to you. Oh, clearly Clark can do it better than I can. All right. Now, again, I had a great time with Third Saturday in October. Uh, we, we did not get a chance to watch part one. That's the other thing. I thought you guys were supposed to hang out more and Dude, watch more stuff. It's, it's so busy yeah. right now. Yeah, well. We we said we said time. Okay, I, here's the thing. And y'all fucked it up. We did two movies that day. That's a lot of time. Everybody wants to fucking rub Oksana's belly. They think she's Buddha, and it's like, get your hand off my little boy. They're all molesting my woman in front of me. It's not cool. I have to deal with that. I don't beat them up. Fucking guilting me about having enough time to hang out with you. Wait, okay? people people were touching her. <laughs> See, now that's proof of how much. Uh, the words coming out of my mouth, I think you get like 20 Do you understand them? No, he's talking about touching. Oh, All right. Are you going to go into the next one we watch together? Yeah. Uh, now, Russ, I think, um, I don't know if this was the head. I Yeah, let's call it the headliner of the festival for me. Okay. I think, uh, well, actually, that's not true. It was, Clearly, country, like goal. Country, it was gold. country goal. Yeah. Uh, but I was very excited for this one. Um, all jacked up and full of worms, a psychedelic journey. Actually, I'm not reading that. They they change it. They do. They're different on uh, Fantastic. Yeah, Fest. screw them. Um, all right. Do you want me to read the IMDb one? Yeah, do that. All jacked up and full of worms. No, don't do that. 
follows Roscoe, a seedy motel maintenance man. After discovering some powerful hallucinogenic worms, he meets Benny. They fall in love making worms together before embarking on an odyssey of sex and violence. Wow, that's not what I got from that movie, but that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing, man. When you settle into this, if you don't settle, good luck. Good luck. (laughs) That's all I got to say. If you can't tune in to this channel you're not gonna have a good time but if you if you're vibing man almighty um had a great time with this i never knew it's just bananas and uh it's just it's fun i think the acting here really brought everything home and uh russell's uh the second love of your life is in this movie who betsy Oh, Betsy Brown. Yeah. Betsy Brown. Boy, she's powerhouse. Um, here's the thing. This is one of those new indie movies that are popping up where it's like, you know, God, we have a guest on who uh this Thursday. Would you call this a less winky of uh, version of uh Greasy Strangler? I don't think it's winky. I'm saying the what I mean, yes. Because oh, oh, because okay. Greasy Strangler is. Greasy Strangler's winky. You know, okay. I'm glad you asked that question. So Greasy Strangler is trying to be an oddball film, right? Yes. And it's usually in a lot of film culture. Like like you say, it's... I think winky. Greasy Strangler is a, a, a decent comparison for this. Yeah. But tonally, these are very different Aesthetically. Films. Aesthetically, yes. Um, All Jacked Up and Full of Worms, though, is more in line... Um, Like we just mentioned Betsy Brown with like the scariest 61st. I think it's kind of like the edgy tightrope walk of like subject matter you don't want to talk about now because the film audiences will like revolt. And it's this weird thing where you're like doing a political tightrope walk. Like, I mean, 90% of movies made, unless you're under Ben Shapiro's roof, are they're all made by liberals. But like, if you want to drop an F-bomb in there, or if you want to talk about like QAnon or something, you get in dicey territory. And I feel like this is kind of a commentary on like, like, uh, if you listen to too many podcasts, like me and Clark do, uh, Randy, you can be included in this. Um, you, you might have heard Rogan go on rants about like the stoned ape theory or like this whole like psychedelic like movement. I feel like this is a counter to that where it's like, hey, we get fucked up on some worms, but it's not like a meathead who reads a lot looking for like spiritual enlightenment. Yeah. These are like people who are having problems in their regular life don't have a ton of money and are looking to escape and it's a dark ride. Yeah. And dude, you think that the movie is going to have like a traditional, like three act structure, but it constantly feels like we're just spiraling down. Like there's so many points in this movie where you think we're going to circle back and resolve something. And no, no, you don't. We just further. (laughs) Yeah. Further unspool. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, the third Saturday in October. I, think i love this movie though yeah you know what i loved about this is the secondary characters oh yeah like the guy they meet in the hotel room oh all the time yep that guy is so good uh, yeah and just the detail every every man yeah this is well, great there's a new thing too where the traditional language is the language of like what makes a movie good especially in horror has kind of been oversaturated what i mean by that is like the thing I loved about Scariest 61st was like the framing, the way they made uh, New York look, like a lot of the B-roll. This movie does a lot of that too. Like yeah. the, the, 
the mise-en-scene of the city, which I'm not even, where were they? Do you know? Like, what state are we in? It kind of felt like bumfuck anywhere. Yeah, I think there was a clue. Like Bakersfield or something. But the other thing they do, fantastic. Dude, it's so good. Yet, it doesn't occupy your whole attention. Is the gore. There's a lot of special effects in here, but it never at any point feels like um, when you get around and you, you gather up your friends and talk about the thing where yeah. everybody's like, dude, special fix. This movie, there's so much to talk about. And it's just kind of, a, you know, got a nice accent of everything looking disgusting. And it really works, too. Yeah. I, dude, I really liked it. It's great. Also, uh, when your runtime's um, one hour and 12 minutes, that's also a bonus. Also great. But again, I want to be very clear here. We go into crazy town. Yeah. I mean, the, the movie warns you enough. Like any good indie, up top, there's some shit that gets talked about. And you might be like, oh, what am I getting into? And yeah. then it just keeps doubling down. So, But that's where the beauty is. Yeah. Because they double down on something that as soon as you see it, you didn't realize that ah, I can't even say it. I know. Because I wanted to put Chekhov in front no, of No, no, I don't. There's there's a lot of language in here, too, where I can almost feel the filmmakers being kind of nervous about it. Like, should we do this? And they're like, fuck it. Do right. it. Yeah, no, I loved it. Loved it. So I think everything we've talked about so far is unavailable. <laughs> Randy, do you, have you heard about the, the worms? Oh, yeah. I've heard about it from a couple of people. Then I also follow Robbie on Letterboxd and saw that he liked it. What do you give it? Uh, I think four. Didn't he write about it, too? Or didn't someone write it? about it? Art house fucks, dude. What the fuck is up with it? Yeah. Also, Robbie Smith, uh, frontman of Heavy Heavy Lolo, um, soon to be famous film auteur, has been writing for the Overlook Theater, which he's a madman because I don't know. We have not given that um, blog, website, whatever you'd like to call it, enough love. But he's on there doing the, the dirt. So he's in there digging in the dirt. He's eating the worms. He's grinding them up, getting hot takes. Randy used to write on there. That's true. Yeah. So Once Robbie's got a bunch of reviews up there. Long form reviews too. I like it. All right. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything I've seen. And there's like a thousand movies that I've seen. Though. Again, I know how to spend money well. I, I want to see Bad City. Uh, there's some. Oh, I did see some shorts, but uh, nothing. Flowing. Robbie did highly recommend Flowing. Um, I should see that. Okay. So that covers that side of things. So I got one movie that you didn't watch with me. You want to do yeah, that? I'm just sneaking in right Let's here. Do it. Um, it's not very exciting, although I do love talking about it because it is fucking weird. Um, I, you know, the thing about the third Saturday in October, it got me excited about franchise lore. I thought and you were like, about to say it got me excited about football. Like, yeah, brother. No, no, I've been burned too many times. I'm not fucking around. I'll play. If you want to go outside and play catch, I would love to. I'm 36 years old. Yeah, fuck it's it. It's not happening. Dude, I would love I'm to I'm at the age catch. now to where if I was a professional athlete, I'd be retired. Why? Do That's you how old I am. Why do you think I had a boy? So I can force him to go play sports when there's so much great technology he'd rather be doing. I already I have the conversations in my head. Anyway. <laughs> what? What are you going to say? But you look appalled. I don't know. If you, have you ever thrown a baseball in your life? Dude, all the time. I've been hitting the head with the baseball. I want to see you throw a baseball. I spoke normally before that baseball hit my head. Believe I'll, me. I'll teach you how to throw a baseball. <laughs> I'll teach you how to throw a baseball so you can throw a baseball. Dude, with I could throw a split finger fastball. You're an idiot. 
I could throw a curveball. You don't even know really what a split finger is. I do. I know how to split them fingers. You only know what a gold finger is. I know how to split them cheeks, too. So you better stop talking oh, to me. Like going, 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 going. <laughs> and it's spooky Halloween, dude. Red wine. Red wine. Red wine. All right. You know, I like the nighttime show. I feel loose. Anyway, back to franchise horror. There's a little franchise that we talked about with a couple of guests so, uh, three weeks ago. When were the Gear Brothers on here? Well, spoiler alert, one of them was in the movie. They were in the fucking franchise. Of course, I'm talking about the famous horror franchise, the Bring It On. Anyway, we're on number seven of the Bring It On franchise. And if you're not familiar with that, it is the cheerleader movies. Well, with part seven, they decided, let's go horror. This is the first horror installment. They've in never franchise. done. It. They've never done a horror movie. No, they got a horror friend. Uh, they got a horror backing, don't they? Are no, they so I, big in the horror community. When I was talking to the Gear Brothers, I'm like, there's something about a long uh, a franchise that won't die that I think is appealing to horror fans. So there is like a little cult following, like here. Final Destination. No, we need to. We're bringing that one back. It's coming back. Oh yeah, dude, I'm so excited for it too. And I haven't watched part five. Uh, Y'all don't have to keep yelling at me about it. I understand it's a good movie. I'm excited to watch it in the, the right, uh, the calibrated atmosphere. Part five is directed by the Russo brothers. <laughs> okay, shut the fuck <laughs> up. It, it's a multiverse movie. Only available at home. Oh, fuck. Um, so, yeah, bring it on, cheer or die. This movie is PG-13, aired on Sci-Fi Channel. And on IMDb, it says it was an hour 31 minutes. I swear to God, it was like an hour 40. It, it felt, you felt that nine dude no it felt like it felt like we were in overtime and it didn't deserve it because as an audience member you feel it you're like dude respect my fucking time you haven't done shit in this movie and the reason i wanted to talk about it because we're doing it's a slasher movie but it's a post scream slasher it's a whodunit it is painfully clear who did it and the cast dude there's way too many victims in this movie and they're all like lightweight ninjas, dude. They're all like fucking co they're college level cheerleaders. Well, at least they're not fat ninjas. No, but the thing is, there's potential there. If you have like a, a slasher running around, but you're a fucking you, he's chasing a bunch of dudes who can parkour. You could do something interesting here. Um, bring it on. Cheer or die. They do nothing interesting here. There's one. There's one thing that I thought was curious. The slasher is a fat mascot character. Of course it is. It's super boring. But instead of getting up close and personal, they choose to uh, kill people at range for some reason. And they end up throwing knives and shooting arrows. But you know how in like um, film, especially horror movies, they're either great at it, like Jason, the first time he ever throws a knife. It's perfect. He's just great at it. Well, in this one, they fucking miss half the time. And there's no, like, logic behind it. It's not like, oh, the mascot's supposed to be a drunk Irishman, and he's drunk, so, yeah. like, he's not good at it. No, it's like, oh, he just totally fucking biffed it. <laughs> just completely missed. The next time, completely hit dead center. And it was infuriating me as somebody who was quite aware that I was paying too much attention to this movie. Um, bring it on. Cheer or die. Don't watch it. It was fucking dumb. Um, also, we were drinking, and Terrell came over, which is... That's, you know, it's hard to make a movie boring when that happens. Uh, congratulations, uh, Karen Lamb, who is apparently the director. See, see, that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're talking oh, about. Oh, wait a minute. Why, why can't you just enjoy the purity of film? 
instead of needing what I'm going to call cinematic HGH um, by having friends and alcohol <laughs> influence how you view a film. You know what? You're right. I, you know what? I love this movie. And definitely don't, <laughs> don't look up on IMDb. And uh, you know what, Karen Lamb, I apologize. Because, you know, I, I'm scrolling through this page and now I've realized that I am a fool. Uh, clearly, this, this movie was written and directed by all women. Uh, so shout out to Allison, Dana, and Rebecca McKendry, who all Dana. wrote this movie. Whoa, <laughs> dude. So I take it all back. You know what? I understand. It's, it's a feminine film. And clearly my toxic energy just did not gel well. I'm going to eat some worms and reflect. Now, is, is this the uh, your least favorite of the franchise? It's the worst movie I've watched all year. <laughs> Mama <laughs> and I don't mia. hate it. I gave it three stars. <laughs> I thought of another one as, star movie. As soon as I saw that three star. That's, that's why I don't use my letterbox also, because I know you all look at it. You don't like it. You don't interact. You don't comment. Randy does it every now and then. I'm seeing yeah, one and a half from you right now. One and a half? Yeah, on Letterboxd. Whoa, I was drinking. Holy shit. Okay, I gave it a one and a half. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you can't even follow your own rules, Dave. <laughs> oh, but I thought of another one movie. Again, I don't want to get into it. Thor Ragnarok. That's a one. Fuck that movie. Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet, oh, I should go on there and give that a one, too. All right. And then, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, let's do. We got to do, do smile. No, well, because we all did the last one. So uh, yeah, you, you want to close with smile? Because I, I kind of want to get in spoiler territory. All right, we'll there. close. You want to spoil smile? I don't want to. I just want to talk about. Randy has not room. seen it. Oh god damn it! Oh okay, god, right, I don't fine. care. <laughs> no, Randy, it's no, no, no. It's we'll fine. talk about. It. No, yeah, let's do smile last. I think me spoiling it might actually get Randy maybe interested all right so let's yeah. talk about randy's favorite movie of the year robert zombies the monster all right now drop the theme music right here all right here's what we'll do now i know randy this is your one movie of the week so i, I will throw it to you but i'm gonna say this randy uh-huh I fucking like the monsters, dude. <laughs> I saw that. Dude, it was fun. Okay, shut up. Let Randy let Randy take this one. I just want I, I'm I'm in defensive mode with the monsters because right, everybody's be. coming at my boy. By the way, I guess he's my boy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did talk to his brother. I know so that's I feel I feel obligated. We're one degree away to stand up for our friend Spider One. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's too late for me to have a hot take over here, but the aesthetic I really didn't care for. It's very abrasive and just like too colorful and like too in focus all the time. And uh, I don't know. Now, Randy, you, told, you told me the backstory on that. Yeah, apparently he wanted to make it in black and white, but uh, whoever is producing it or putting some money up said that uh, he's not allowed to do it in black and white. So he did the exact opposite and made it extremely colorful and uh, I don't know. It's not a choice that was made for me. Not, <laughs> not, not a big fan, but I don't know. There's like some stuff that's like, okay. But every time I saw like a clip on like a TV in the world of the movie or when they do the intro scene in black and white at the very end, I was like, really wish this whole thing was black and white because that stuff actually looked good. 
Oh, yeah, the end credits, they beautiful black and white. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good, but yeah, I don't know. I I really like wasn't following the plot if there was any really up until the the very like I feel like the last 10 minutes is like the only time where something really happens. Randy, what the hell? <laughs> we had an hour and 30 minutes of hijinks. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't wasn't a fan of the hijinks. I like a hijinks. We had Richard Brake in there. We had the 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 the, the portly fellow from Lost stealing brains. Yeah, come on, dude. Dude from Lost is tight. <laughs> I'm I'm down with that. I will say that also. I think the person I enjoyed most in the movie was Sherry Moon Zombie. She was really good. She was good. I I dude. Okay, you didn't like Herman. He's okay, but I don't know. I liked uh, Sherry Moon a little more. All right, now I'm going to bring in um, our beloved co-host, uh, Russell John the Fisherman. Now, Russell, um, you uh, two, two points I want to make here before I, I surrender the floor to you, sir. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, you have openly supported Rob Zombie and all his causes as you have uh, funded all of his uh, Kickstarter <laughs> campaigns. And um, number two, you grew up watching the monsters. So you have a frame of reference on on what is being portrayed here. So, you know, Herman Munster means something to you. So what did you think of the performance and the film? Did you not watch it growing up? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen some of it too. Um, I, um, well, first, while while y'all were talking, I was looking up the Blu-ray extras because I was sure that they would have a black and white version on there. They do not. So if they release one, I'll let you know, Randy. But yeah, growing up, I I hated I hated movies that didn't have a monster element to it. And I mean, RoboCop will count. Like I needed a non-human. I like them. Of course, RoboCop. And I would be count. I'd be super bored. I hate it. But no, RoboCop's a little weird because I didn't like robots either. Ed 209's freaky as fuck, dude. You know, and the thing is, the Adams family did not do it for me. As a child, I was like, I don't care about these weird. European- I like the monsters more than the Adams. Oh yeah, all day. Wasn't even close. Yeah, and um, you know, as a child, I fucking I love the monsters. I also really fucking like this movie, and I'm gonna say I think it might be Rob Zombie's best movie. I would co-sign that. And you, but here's why. Let me let me just like zoom out away from the film. I think this is a movie that Rob Zombie made for himself. And I don't, I don't think any other movie he's ever made is that like this one. Good dude, for him. Here's so there's a couple things. Um, Randy was talking about plot. What about pacing? This movie is weird. It does like, it's another film that does not play like a traditional three act structure. No. And I like the monsters and I went into this and I felt it was almost like all jacked up and on worms. I'm like, what are we doing? I was like looking for handrails. I'm like, where where are we yeah. going? About 40 minutes in, though, I had this weird uh, epiphany where I'm like, dude, this is like a utility movie. And for me, a uh, millennial, I think I'm a couple years into the millennial uh, framework. I grew up on a TV show that had been, God, it was on Nick at Night. So it had been long ended. Sure. And now I'm living in an era where a prequel to the show is brand new. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck is this for? And it's, you know, the only thing that goes counter to the show is the color scheme, which I honestly really liked, Randy. I'm kind of bummed you did. Really? 
Yeah. yeah, he was being punk, dude. What the fuck? Are you a poser, dude? <laughs> yeah, did you like Herman Munster up there, like, jamming on stage, dude? No, hated it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I hate that, that like, rockabilly shit, period. I don't yeah. get it. I think it's all goofy. But I've always seen the Herman Munster, like, that look, like, that vibe of him in a band. Never knew where it was from. From I'm like, what is this? Like Rat Fink art? Or I something? love the band scene. I did too. And I think the reason I call it a utility film is I think Rob Zombie literally was just answering questions or giving like insight to shit that the show would reference to and never show. Like Transylvania, they always talk about their homeland, and it took me a long time to realize, like, oh shit, it's like you know Rob Zombie's like, what does that look like? And that's the movie. Yeah. Also, I love the play on Mary Shelley with like the weird, like I asked you immediately. I'm like, what's up with all the stand up stuff? Like with, with Shecky? What yeah. Was his name? Like yeah. Shecky? Yeah. It was uh, a play on Shecky Green. Yeah. But I'm like, dude. Doing, what? you know, like uh, one line, Catskills one liners. Yeah. So I was kind of shocked that there was some. So clearly, Herman Munster has a um, style to his comedy, which is very like dad joke, like 40, 50s. But and a thunderous laugh. Dude, he's fantastic. I love the character. But there's writing in this that almost like subverts that humor. Yeah. Like there's a throwaway line where they're like, they're like, uh, Herman, Rome wasn't built in a day. And he's like, yeah, but I was. And they just keep moving. And I'm like, whoa, that's not Munster's humor. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's like, there's like some que- clever like quips in there. But I don't, would you call this a kid's movie? You know, I've been thinking a lot about that. And up top, there's like some bad language also. And violence. Well, and when the, when the. uh, They kill a zombie. Who makes Herman? Because when he's being interviewed on that talk show, he's like, they can eat my. Richard Brake. Yeah, but what's the name of the character? I don't remember because Richard Brake was. Dr. Wolfgang. Yeah, Dr. Wolfgang. He, um, he's vulgar. But it's a PG. Also, I thought it was PG movie. It's PG. Yeah. Also, I thought he was great. And. Let me tell you something right now. Him as Nosferatu was oh, dude, hilarious. Nosferatu threw me the first time, and I was like, I liked it. What are we doing now? But the thing was, you almost have to calibrate with the humor of this film. It was super silly. Yeah, disco vampire. I was dude, like, what is happening? Exactly. But I, now I didn't tell you this. Um, when uh, when I left early on our Fantastic Fest date, I went to my parents' house, and we were hanging out. They, again, everybody wants to touch her belly and shit. Uh, I recommend that we watch the monsters and we fucking threw it on again. And the second time from the very beginning, I, I think I enjoyed it even more because I just, it was that Guillermo del Toro thing. He always talks about people think I made this movie for them. And he's like, I didn't, I made it for me, but I, it, it's an open party. And I, I want you to watch it two times so that you kind of can understand where I'm coming from. And dude, the monsters fucking worked like the, the opening with the zombie, I didn't know what we were doing there. I was trying to wrap my head around the colors and like uh, just the look of the film. I rewatch it again. I'm like, oh, that's funny. They were going to grave rob, but the dude was out walking around. Yeah. And then they cut his hands off. It took me a little while to get acclimated into this world and into what we were dealing with. I would say once, once the crux of that was on Herman. Oh, yeah. When Herman got in there, yep. that was it. That was all I needed. Yeah. Her, because I, because honestly, here's why I enjoy this movie. There was a 
there's a good heartedness at the core of this movie. This movie is sweet. This movie is fun. He's not trying to push anything. There is no like subliminal, you know, um, <laughs> that you know, you know of. It's it's not pandering in no, any it's way. Yeah. It's it's not. It's just having fun. And like you said, I it, I, it did come across as personal to me. Um and uh, yeah, and I I would like to occupy a world where you know an artist could be able to execute his full vision uh, with doing black and white. And for him to go the opposite direction, kudos to you, man. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, and I think that by doing that, yes, it caught people off guard because that trailer, that trailer's not this movie. No. I don't know what that trailer is. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing, but that tra- it didn't even look like that trailer. The, the problem with the trailer is it looks like it's a joke at the expense of the right. monsters. Yeah. And it's not that at no, all. I, I had fun with this. Um, honestly, whoever made that call about not being black and white might have saved the movie, too. Because Rob Zombie, you know, for all the shit we talk about him, or all the, like, you know, contrarian uh, reviews I'll give a movie because I think he actually impacted slasher culture in a positive way, the thing he always does and everybody agrees with is set design. And that's the whole movie here. Whether we're in a castle, whether we're in Transylvania, whether we're in a club, in a grave. like Impeccable. Dude, it's fantastic. It, it It's so much fun. I don't know. I Dude, I really like this movie. And also, Sherry Moon was great. Yeah, she's not bad. Um, Shout out to her brother, though, Lester, the Jivey Wolfman. I love that fucking character. Oh, he so was great. Much. He was fun. Um, the Count was good. I enjoyed him. So one of the one of the best things I think this movie did was the antagonistic relationship between Munster and the Count, between Herman. It I as a kid I was like, why is he always a dick to him? Well, that's the only conflict we have in well <laughs> outside the the Gypsy Woman. Well, no, I mean in the show. Yeah. Because the, his her dad is always a dick to Herman, and you're like, why would you ever be mean to this guy? He's a goof. Like maybe he breaks the wall or something because he Kool-Aid man through it. But you're like, why is he a dick? And it's like, oh, because he sold your castle to your shitty like son. I get it. And it makes sense that he's mean to him for a whole show. Um, I did bring this up with another fan who hadn't seen the Monsters movie. Uh, shout out to the bath mage the fucking who hasn't been on the show in years. But uh, Dan, who reminded me that they did reboot the show in the 90s. I think it's called The Munsters Welcome Back or some shit. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I must have blacked that out like a like a good trauma. I think America did. Yeah. So I, I oh, also no children in this movie, but it's fine. We didn't we didn't need the uh, the very regular. I can't even remember her name. Who's just like the blonde, pretty girl. And they're like, you're weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's a lame joke. And yeah. Eddie Munster. And I Eddie. love him, but we didn't need him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dug this movie. So did Randy. Also, send all your hate mail to Randy. Uh, Randy, what's your email? Because <laughs> people do not like this movie. And it's funny because I think it's all the Rob Zombie fans who are like, who also probably were sitting there do, like, what are we doing? When is there going to be like a tutti fruity fucking Rudy shirt or something? How is he going to get Sid Haig in this movie? Oh, well, you know, he passed away, right? He's got to <laughs> be there. I yeah. bet there's going to be a picture of him. Oh, my God. I don't know if his fans are like that. They're probably more like Dragula. I don't know. I don't know. I can't make fun of All him. All right. Uh, we're going to bring it home. Yeah, we got 
Was that really it? I thought we had more. I think we got one more, dude. Yeah, it's it. All right. Uh, you want me to take it? Okay. Well, this past week, God's been a long week with a lot of movies in it. But the uh, movie that I got everybody out to go to the theater to see is Smile, a film that you've probably seen a trailer for 48,000 times. If you're like me and you have uh, impeccable taste and great judgment, you probably closed your eyes like a child every time the trailer came on because you didn't want anything ruined. If you didn't, one of the best jump scares in the fucking movie was ruined. Uh, That's on you. It's Smile. After witnessing a bizarre, traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Um, yeah, Randy, why don't you want to watch this movie? <laughs> I want to start there. I'm, I'm fine with watching it. I'll, I probably will watch it, but I just got sick of seeing the trailer before every single movie I've seen in the last two months. I get it. And um, if you're like me and you avoided the trailers, you probably didn't avoid other people who watch films talking about it. And what everybody kept telling like Terrell and I kept hearing was that this is like truth or dare. If you remember that, was that Bloomhouse that made that movie? Yeah. With the, with the like um, Snapchat filter face. Stinkeroonie. Here's the thing. The smiling in this movie much more subtle. It's a better uh, use of like a, a visual narrative device. And I don't think this is spoiler territory. This movie's clearly about mental health. Yeah. And um, what, what I want to say without spoiling anything is that the tone of this movie is the perfect blend of a movie that general audiences can get behind. This is loaded with jump scares, but it's also a film. There's some, there's some ideas to chew on here. Well, it's a pretty heavy-handed metaphor. That is. It is true. But there's, I think there's a little bit more to it. Because, again, it's a giant studio movie. I say yeah. giant. I don't know. What was the budget? I have no idea. Pr- How is it, it doing? It had to be a couple million. What's it make? Oh, uh, I bet it's, I bet it's a... Uh, it's called under 10. I don't know. I feel like production values probably hit. They definitely gone up. So 17 mil. Like Ooh, 17. God damn. There's some money. That's a $17 million movie? Well, you know, 10 million of that went to COVID compliance. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, definitely. Dude, this is a $10 million movie. Well, it's really hard. They had to make special masks to cover up the big mouth actors that they got to smile. How much is it made? <laughs> uh, it's actually made 37. There you go. Dude. Um, so I'll tell you right now, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, part of it was probably because of the experience I had. Clark's on early screening at the Alamo. Where'd, no. where'd you go? Same place where you did just two days prior. Yeah. What was that? I, I keep my eye to the. No, but for C. Smile, they had hell of like early screenings Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, we went on Thursday, which used to be kind of like the sneaky early yeah, one. They had two showings at 730 on Tuesday. Dude, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess people were just dying to go yeah. see this one. But I went um, on Thursday, like a grown adult. I went to a brewery before. Uh, again, I, I love the Gilman Brewery. I have a lot of fun there. They never bring us our goddamn pizza. I know you're listening out there. Twice now. The first time, they, they ran out of the fucking um, base for the tomato sauce. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. 
So why, they, why do you like that place? I, dude, I like it. It's right why? there by because it's a brewery across the street. It's down the street okay. from the theater. But see, it, it, you like it because of the convenience of no, the atmosphere too, and the atmosphere. Cool guys there. They do have Shout good out. beer. They have good beer too. The beer is passable. It it rotates. So last time you were there, it's all new beer. The food. What did you eat? Chicken wings are okay. Here's the barely thing. edible. Clark nibbles like a hamster on anything, and then he drops it down and goes, "Ugh." If it stinks, <laughs> I got one life. Okay, John Lovitz, you're the fucking food critic. I want to I... eat the things I want to eat. I want to fuck the things <laughs> I want to fuck. Well, here's the thing. So, because of social anxiety, uh, I didn't. We didn't go in there and confirm that the pizzas hadn't been made until about mm, twenty minutes before the movie started. Also, we met we met some old friends there. We're having fun drinking beer. So you missed the beginning of this movie. Could you shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> we had beers, everything for free because they didn't make our pizzas. It's fun. Good trade-off. Went in, bought some more beers. In the lobby, got some kettle corn. Fantastic kettle corn. Did you say that? I got the kettle corn last week. <laughs> Here we go. I didn't like it. Okay, John Lovitz. I didn't again, like it. It stinks. Ugh. I didn't like you it. You took two hamster nibbles also, and dropped it down. Also, they were lazy with it. <laughs> if they cared about the craft, they would layer. They don't give a fuck about the craft. Butter, kettle, butter, kettle, butter, kettle. Okay, I got shit for putting butter on my kettle corn. And then I started feeling some type of way, and then my heart started palpitating. Who gave you shit? I, we don't need to name names. But people are looking at me. You're putting kettle butter on the kettle. The mother, the future mother, your child gave no, you shit. No, okay. she's down. That's why. That's why I loaded I her up say, with a little boy. I've tried. I've tried to improve your two tastes. It's very difficult. Anyway, the 14 year old working at the fucking Cinemark doesn't give a fuck about any craft behind the kettle. Um, we roll into the theater, having a great time, friends all around, and uh, we're 10 minutes late. Maybe 10 to 15 minutes late. So I, the first thing I do. We have a friend there sitting there. <laughs> He's got one of the aisle seats because all the people who are late took all the good seats in the middle. So while I passed him, I said, Hey, did I miss anything? He was like, No. And I'm like, Come on, dude, tell me. He's like, Oh, just a trailer. And I'm like, Okay, good. Clearly, he was lying. I think I missed something, but it did not impact the experience I had. It was fantastic. I had a great time. I jumped multiple times in that. Did you jump any of the jump scares land for you? Uh, yes. They got me. That was one big one. You know why they got me? I got a little sleepy. Oh, it woke you up. I got a little sleepy. Oh, were you having one of those like half asleep dreams? And then it, it was, like I wouldn't say half. Let's call it, you know, 60, 40. Oh, okay. Where I, I had control, but there was, a, there was clear in, encroachment. Dude, I used to have this dream if I was like nodding off watching a movie and it would be reoccurring. I would be doing a grind on a skateboard that I could not execute in real life. Yeah. And it would be it would be happening for a while and I would fall. And when I would fall, I would jump awake. And I, dude, it was like a nightmare. I think I was doing a frontside tail slide on a curb. And I was just like I would jump I would be like, "Oh." I jump up and my my right leg would kick out. <laughs> also, I I I was getting self-conscious there because I would I, I get sleepy and I'd slump over a little bit. And this was a packed theater. So the person right next to me oh, was a militant no. lesbian. And I just feel like I was encroaching on her. Yeah, but you do space. good with their type. I do very well with the lesbians. Militant lesbians, it's either way. Okay. You know, because you know, they've, they've got a cause. 
They've got a purpose. And sometimes I'm outside of that alignment. All right. Well, you know what? Let's, uh, I'm going to take this thing home. Um, Smile. The main critiques I've heard of this movie are that it's derivative, mostly when you um, compare it with It Follows or The Ring. And I I just want to like debunk those right now. People, I don't think they understand what derivative means because this is film is such a collaborative effort. What they're really pointing to is like one trope that each of those movies have that it shares narratively with this film. Although I would say this movie is distinct in its uh, differences from It Follows in the Ring. I never for one second thought thought of those two movies. Oh, really? Can I tell you what I thought of? What? And it's not. Just no spoilers yet. Um, the empty man. Yeah, but that's not a. Uh, not a lot of people have seen that. But it reminded me of the empty man. Okay, good. You know what? Let's. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I do think it is a worthwhile film. Wait, we tried around here. Yeah, let's go into spoiler territory here. You want to spoil? And if you're not interested in this movie, stick around. Randy, but Randy hasn't seen. Randy said he doesn't give a fuck. Randy, and I believe true. Randy, you don't want to watch it. Here's the thing. So a lot of people are also comparing this to Hereditary. And they're no. like, Hereditary is the best. This it's just not, means this they not, don't have a palette. This is not Hereditary. They don't have a palette for horror. This, yeah, they don't. Um, um, so ignore all of that. I'm super curious about your Empty Man thing, though. Because it went into a territory that I, that I did not expect. Okay. And both of those films, I don't know why I said that word that way, films... Both in their films, uh, they both have a a stark coldness. Okay, about them, to where I, I I feel cold when I watch those movies. You might literally be talking about the like, uh, Randy. What would you call that? Like in visuals, when you can have like warm or cold. It's like what what is that referring to? Kind of like uh, uh, what's that Coen Brothers movie you like? Inside Lewin Davis. Well, it's like lighting. that's another like cold movie. Just a it's color a palette. Yeah, yeah, it's a light like dull. Well, like so we have LED lights that we use to uh, light like Blu-ray Tuesday and shit. Because we love Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> no, whenever our uh, East what's Space... his new thing by the way? I have no idea. He's got a new TV show. He's doing oh, another God. TV yeah, show. I don't know if I could do that again. Yeah, Randy, where's that on? Um, I'm not sure. I'd be Netflix. Yeah, but it's it's more like, you know, warm, traditional, like, lamp lighting versus, like, stark, cold, uh, slightly blue, electro, I don't know, digital light, whatever. Who cares? I totally get what you mean. Also, this is a movie that is kind of manipulating tropes in a way that you start off thinking you're in one movie and you end up in another. Like, this movie totally, I thought it was going to be a pretty girl ghost mystery which I'm going to argue it still kind of is, except that the ghost is mental illness and uh, the journey plays out exactly the same way. Where you're like, oh, it's a ghost and I'm going to do the thing that will put you at rest. Except, you know, in the third act, the ghost is like, yeah, but I'm fucking an undead monster and I'm going to kill you. Similar thing here. The, the thing I wanted you to hear, Randy, was we were hanging out with uh, the one time you didn't show up on this show and we replaced you with the barely functional gamer uh, Chris and uh, Chuggy, who survived the mall shooting, two characters that we haven't talked about in years. They kind of tag teamed me after the movie, and they're they were talking about, dude, what's up with all the alien homage? And I was like, alien homage, and they're like, yeah, think about it. And they started like 
citing references in this movie that are like distinct, like queen alien, like homage. And I was like, whoa, y'all are, I think you're onto something. And we were talking about mental illness being kind of an existential horror. And there's literally a scene in the movie where, uh, you know, something slides into her body. Now, the way I said that, you're probably thinking of something very different than what actually <laughs> happened. But I liked it. I'm like, dude, face huggers, aliens. Oh, do you the third act? Yeah. Very good. Dude. And I th- it took too long to get there. But I think that that resolution is I, so f- final that there's nothing else that you but could do I, I was, were you not expecting something like that prior? Because I felt like we were cutting corners up until that point. Well, I mean. I wanted I wanted to see something. Here's the thing. Now, I've, I don't do well around people who actually are like schizophrenic. I've, I've been fortunate We've enough. We've lived to, together for three years. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I mean that and I don't mean it like in a joking way. There's something about an unhinged mind that terrifies me. Also blacked Word. out people. Like I, I need to be able to predict. And, and despite what Clark says, I do feel like I have a strong gauge of empathy. And I connect with people deeply without them even knowing sometimes. And when you're, when you're incorrect, when you're a little cuckoo in the cocoa puffs, I can't gauge you. And I kept, I knew people who were paranoid too, who had talked about crows, you know, saying they're Jesus to them and stuff. And I'm like, what are counting you? crows or black crows? Just on the pier crows, <laughs> just hanging out on a light. And the thing is, if you're going to be a final girl in a movie, where your own mind is kind of conjuring up things. Like imagine Freddy Krueger's after you, except Freddy Krueger's not real. Like in a more like, uh, this is your own problem that you're conjuring kind of way. Yeah. How, do, how does that slasher end? I kept thinking that the whole time. I'm like, well, I mean, it's not like a cat and mouse because you're, you're like bringing it with you. Yeah. And I think the movie had enough interesting ideas to keep a fan like me guessing, but there's something about the alien theory that really like resonated with me. There's also a moment where there's an up close, like two characters are looking at each other and one of them's drooling that completely read like the queen alien. Yeah. So I don't know. The main problem I have with this movie is what the fuck is the message? Also, I I, I don't think about that. There was no levity. No, there's no levity. But also, it's a bleak ending. Very and bleak. What the fuck is the message, dude? The message is not. I don't think it's good. Yeah, the message is you're fucked. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not a very. It's not a very warm message. And this is something I, I, I've pondered over, Russell. Oh, God. Because you know the the, the the mental health thing of it. You know, it's uh, it hits close to home, and the ending is uh, yeah. Yeah, you, th- this you're movie, fucked. On it's funny. I but they're right. You know? <laughs> and it's effective and it worked within the narrative of the film because I was not expecting that. I know. And the thing with her being a medical like aid, like she's in, she works in the hospital. She's El doctor. I honestly think that was the most interesting aspect of like this script, because I, I feel like anybody else, you probably would have just wrote the, you know, like a plain Jane on the street. And it's like, Oh, I think I'm going crazy where this one, Every time she tried to get professional help, it wasn't just people in a position that could help her, but they were like friends or like coworkers. And they're kind of like just the way people would look at her. Like you're supposed to be on our team. You shouldn't be on that side of the desk. 
I don't know, man. It just, it really worked. Um, Randy, as far as a visual palette, I think you'd be into it because it's kind of a non-linear urban crawl that cool. does a lot of interesting kind of like move one step forward, two step back kind of like narrative. Mm-hmm. And just the way, I, where was this shot? Do you know what city they were in? I have no idea now that I'm thinking about it. I'm just, uh, Canada sounds good. New Jersey. <laughs> New, oh, there it is. I okay. It was New Jersey, and I kept thinking every time that popped up. I'm like, huh, weird choice. Who did we just? Oh, it was the Gear Brothers. We're like, hey, you based yeah. your film in New Jersey. How come? What was that? Was it a tax write off? Why'd they do it? Well, they love Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, so yeah, I don't. You know, honestly, I I wanted to say that we were going to spoil this movie. Other than telling you, it's got a bleak ending. We didn't really. There's a um. <laughs> There's there's some good shit that we didn't even touch on. I I highly recommend people go check it out. It's a good theater movie too. The jump scares are good. There's one Randy in the trailer where a girl's walking up to a car window. Yeah. Did you see that? Oh yeah, I've seen it like 20 times. I Here's the thing. That one still got me. Dude, it's it fucking I jumped out of my It's seat. creepy. Now, the beauty there and I really want to highlight that moment is that when you watch hundreds of horror movies, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a magic trick. And you're trying to get people to look over here and you want to surprise them over here. Or, you know, the, the creative mind of a horror fan. The minute you set up like a premise of a joke, we're instantly, it's like you're a comedy fan. You're trying to think of the punchline. And it's like, if you see it coming, flat, you suck. Like, yeah. don't waste my time. That was a beautiful execution. And I understand why they put it in the trailer because they're trying to get like curmudgeons, like, uh, I don't know, like me into the theater. Here's the jokes on you though. I don't watch these fucking trailers and it worked. And there's more like that. So Randy, go watch it. I know you didn't even fucking like near dark. I'm shocked by the way. It's okay. It's just really- not entirely my thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a big, uh, I don't love the uh, aesthetic of movies in the eighties. A lot of times. I wonder why don't you love die? Oh, die hard's nineties, right? I believe so. Yeah. I'm not a die hard fan, but Uh, I did just find out that um, Kyle Gallner from dinner in America is in smile as well. So. Yes. Who's that? Dinner in America. Dinner in America. It's great. It's on Hulu now too. Oh, well, Kumar from Harold and Kumar's in it, too. Dinner America rules. Very good. It, it does rule, Randy. It's I one agree. Of my, it's one of my favorite things to do in America. You would like Dinner in America. I'm, I'm looking forward to it tonight. I like that call Garner kid. Wait, what's his name? Yeah, Kyle <laughs> Garner. Paul Garner. You're speaking like Dinner a... Dinner in America. sound like an English farmer over there. Ba-da-ba-da. All right, we did it. Um... I want to wrap up and just say that I have uh, listened to almost two full audiobooks in two days. <laughs> Good. Um, also, Jeanette McCready, what a life. I uh, Dude, fantastic book. Also, I... good luck being a parent, dog. What? You think I'm going to do that That shit? mama did a number. Yeah, that mama wasn't raising a kid. She was getting another shot at life. But she was getting a paycheck. Yeah, but I don't even think that was the motivation. But, dude, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack. There. No, we're not going to go. I'm we'll, just saying. We'll start another podcast. It's Overlooked Books. It's pretty good. You do books. audio. I'll read the tome. 
You um, do the audio. I'll read the tone. And, and can we please? I, we need to holiday it up for the rest of October. Holiday. Oh uh, 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 yeah, we're gonna do two Santa horror stories. Oh, we are. Can we? I'd like to. I, I would. I would want to do a cold open. I wouldn't want to talk you, about are it. Are you gonna bring him back, Randy? Bleep that out. Are we gonna bring him back? What we're gonna do is Cobra drops. The Shining is a good movie. <laughs> Well, that's what you can look forward to in October here at the Overlook Hour. Uh, gang, stay tuned for Thursday's episode. We got a doozy of an episode. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have received feedback in the past uh, that we are an alt-right show. Uh, that is not true. Uh, by virtue of that statement, we have booked a former member of Antifa. <laughs> And uh, he will be here on Thursday. So Thursday we talked to Johannes, uh, last name unpronounceable. Um, Why is he former? Wait, did I say former? You did. I think they, yeah, why is he former? Randy, uh, once you're Antifa, you're always Antifa. So clearly that was true. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's former Antifa, yes. (laughs) So what is he now? Well, he gets gets into it. Randy, well, you should have shown up for the fucking interview. You could have asked him. (laughs) True. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the the retention of Antifa is. I don't know what the membership dues are. I don't know if it automatically renews. You know, I don't know if he had to change over his credit card. Well, I'll, if the credit card on file expired. I don't know, Rain. I'll tell you right now. It's a fifty dollar uh, annual fee, and you need to dye your hair some shade of blue. That's about it. Do you get a shirt? No. <laughs> also, uh, off the record, Randy can cut this out. I don't give a shit. Are y'all going to dismember the Alamo? Oh, it's coming back? Yeah, it's also almost sold out. Oh, well, then probably not. Well, what day is it on? End of the month. The 28th. I'd like to. I'd like to get their shirt that they always give out. I didn't say anything about the shirt. I don't know. They may be skipping, dude. It's All right, let me try. chain. You know, we got the economy. Randy, how's your Bitcoin doing? Uh, same as it has been for the last six months. I don't know. Not great. If, if you have a digital wallet, the answer is, I don't know. I haven't checked in months. Yeah, exactly. Also, Johannes Grensferthner. Johannes. Wonderful. Who had two. Uh, actually, no. He had one film in last year's Fantastic Fest, one film in this year's Fantastic Fest, and he had one film in last year's Unnamed Footage Festival. Um, we talk about uh, both of his films uh as of late uh Ratson Fest, which is available now uh through the uh through the uh Fantastic Fest <laughs> Festival. And what so it'll be available one day after this airs? Because I think it goes down on Wednesday. Yeah, right? So yeah. so stay tuned for that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we mainly talk about masking threshold, uh which is playing theatrically in some select theaters now and is slowly starting to roll out into the masses, uh which was shown at last year uh, this year's unnamed footage so stay tuned for johannes on thursday a uh, heck of an episode a uh, fun guy fun talk had a great time so until then i will leave you with the wise words of randy michael stat who will take us to the goal line randy that's me uh yeah it's 11 o'clock here i don't know i don't got anything on the brain right now so uh let's just do this one again we should smoke weed Ass Wang.
There we go. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.